Lancaster Brewing Company, Columbus, Ohio. I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one? Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers with the Brewers. Happy Thursday, March 18th to you. What is going on? We got Lucky the Irish all weekend. We got March Madness, all kinds of things going on. And a two-beer episode this week. We got myself, Mark Richards, Walt Keys, and Dan Schaefer. How's it going, guys? Just flying high after a real wild St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. After it. Yeah, I could see that. You know, you're Irish. And, you know, you got to celebrate the Irish. Yeah. Well, this week's show, we have a doubleheader. A double overtime, whatever we want to call it, Candy Beans and Star Baker. Candy Beans is a juicy IPA with vanilla. It's fruity, sweet, and candy-like. And Star Baker is a German chocolate cake stout. Imperial stout. Imperial stout. Even better. Coconut. Don't, don't sell it short, Mark. No, we wouldn't want to. Because it's not going to sell us short. Oh, sure. It's a big boy. It's a big one this week. So, coconut, chocolate, caramel, and dessert. I would add an indulgent. It is indulgent. It's a rich, rich one. So, what do you think, Dan? I was thinking probably start with candy beans and go into Star Baker. Would you mirror that thought? I agree. I got my finger on the trigger here. Oh, yeah. Well, tell us all about candy beans. Well, it is a 7.3% 33 IBU beer. Super hazy boy. I believe it was Adam said, I want a beer called candy beans. And I'm like, jelly beans? (laughs) He's like, no, candy beans. I'm like, I don't know what that means. So, um, after being educated, I went to the Jelly Belly website and they've got a list of the most popular flavors amongst them being uh, watermelon cherry pear orange green apple strawberry blueberry peach grape lemon vanilla blah 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 so um, usually when i'm doing an ipa i just try to keep it to two or three or occasionally four try to keep a, a clean sort of distinct flavor profile but on this i wanted it to be like you literally had just took a handful of, of candy and jammed it in your mouth. The hops we selected were El Dorado, Mosaic, Hallertau Blanc, Bravo, Belma, Whole Melon, and Calypso. So, This has to be the yeah. most hop varieties we've used in a single beer, right? It's got to be. It's close. High Seas was up there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lot of jelly um, beans. Yes, indeed. It's like candy beans, Mark. Yep. Now, I want you, Dan, to go through each one of those hops <laughs> and talk about which jelly bean matches which hop. Or sometimes sure. I'll bet it's probably two of those jelly beans in each hop. Yeah. Some of them are doing double duty. but um, the, And the other key thing about all of these 
hops is they all have very sweet qualities. With the exception of mosaic, you wouldn't consider these be particularly resinous or piney or dank. So that was another key thing in selecting them. But El Dorado, uh, watermelon, you could also say uh, uh, lemon starburst a little bit. Uh, mosaic blueberry, Halatau Blanc is like a sweet grape. Bravo is orange and vanilla. Belma is strawberry. Whole melon is honeydew melon and also strawberry. And Calypso is definitely apple and pear. As you describe each one of those, I get just a little bit of each. This has a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, malt wise, you know, <laughs> this isn't a malt forward beer, certainly, but it's just <laughs> our, our house pills malt and uh, our malted oats from our friend's uh, house malts up in Cleveland. For being so sweet, oh. it's surprisingly a little dry. Doesn't finish real heavy. This is the first time that we have messed around with active fermentation dry hopping. So the, the Bravo went in the second day, or I guess the third day of fermentation. And um, if, you know, I, we've sort of touched on hop creep uh, here, but getting those hops in while fermentation is active really frees up a lot of sugar for the yeast to eat and dries it out much more quickly. Um, so normally this beer, a beer with this starting gravity probably would have been, you know, like around where our, our quads are, probably like six, eight, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it just helped to, to drive down the finishing gravity a bit. But again, the, you know, to counteract that, we've got the vanilla in there. So our this is the, the higher end of our dosing on our Madagascar vanilla paste. Uh, we do two-thirds of a gallon per 20 barrels. And uh, just kind of helps to round off, you know, any rough edges that you might get on the hops and just mm-hmm. give you that sweeter, fuller, kind of candied impression. You think it's sweet, but it's not that sweet. No, this certainly like some, also some very citrusy, uh, tart aspect to it that keeps it, it's not, I wouldn't call this a dessert beer, you know, that's next. Yeah, the vanilla here is more to act as a, a modifier as opposed to make this uh, an overly sweet, desserty beer. Yeah, it's like a treat, not necessarily dessert. It would uh, go real well with ice cream, like a, I think it would kind yeah. of. What ice cream? Well, pickle. Vanilla. Just vanilla. I would agree. <laughs> I think vanilla would be great. <laughs> there is almost like that creamsicle type of perception with the vanilla. Uh, Jenny's just put out that birthday cake flavor. I bet it would go pretty well with that. Do we have that in the tap room? You know we've got Jenny's in the tap room now. I'm not sure if we got that. I don't know. We might. I think, I think they just released it, like, last week. Okay. I might be just thinking of it because the, the, the pint is, like, white with little, like, rainbow sprinkle flecks on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I might just think it goes well because the can looks like that, too. So, <laughs> it'll look good in an Instagram photo if you're looking to uh, influence some folks, I guess. Oh, for real. What about a float? Could you do a float? Sure. I think that would be an excellent Do whatever one. you want. Star Baker, I mean, not to jump ahead here, but, like... That'd be pretty good too. Pour that over some some vanilla bean ice cream. Oh yeah, I'm about to cry. Spoiler alert on that. But before we get to Star Baker, we've got one score to settle here on candy beans. How crushable is it? Quarantine. 
14 edition. This is contentious earlier when we were talking about it. You know what? I'm starting to change my mind a little bit. I don't know. I think it's an easier drinker than you necessarily expect it to be. But I'm going to say with that vanilla in there and that sweetness, I'm going to round up to a four. But I think that's a Wow. You don't play. Seven, three? I'm rounding up. I think I would have two, and then I would open the third, and I would drink three quarters of it. You know, I think. And then, well, I guess that's a, so I guess that's a three. Let's go three. Yeah. Okay. Until they get everything worked out with all the COVID restrictions, we're still technically under the quarantine edition, although I'm really <laughs> ready to get rid of that sound bite. The light is at the end of the tunnel, though. Well, we, we're getting vaccinated left and right. Yeah. Mark, you're vaccinated because you're old. And uh-huh. uh, I got vaccinated because um, a friend of ours put us on a <laughs> put us yeah. on a list. And they called and said, can you be here in 15 minutes? And I broke some traffic laws and uh, got there in 15 minutes. Luckily, I had, had no Star Bakers or candy beans mm. um, at that point in the day and uh, made it happen. Dan, are you vaccinated at all yet? Have you had your first, or are you scheduled or anything? I, I am efforting. Hmm. Yeah. I'm lucky because I was putting, I was assembling a bunk bed for our uh, three-year-old's birthday gift, and it was a stressful endeavor. And I was about three seconds away from cracking a beer when they made the call. But hmm. luckily, I had not cracked any beers and was able to uh, drive rather rapidly to Westerville. Well, what about you, Dan? How many are you cracking? I think four. I think uh, my usual evening routine is pre-dinner beer, during dinner beer, post-dinner beer, kids to bed, nightcap. So that's how I would sneak that fourth in. You're just a standard four crusher no matter what, aren't you? Just by schedule you are. I try not to discriminate (laughs) with my crushing. but He's a man of... uh, Habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, and I feel this about every beer, never get a flight, never get a taste, because I'll be honest with you, I had only had a taste of this beer. Your perception changes a lot as you get down into the beer, and the flavors start changing, and you start adapting to flavors. I got three crusher on this. It's pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot lower than that, and now I'm looking at an empty glass. I'd have another one right now. If we didn't have to drink a ten percent stout next, yeah, let's let's come on now, be let's, uh, let's be responsible uh, podcasters here. Yep, always, always responsible with our Gotta drinking think ahead and insisting everyone else follow suit. So, tell us a little bit. This is Arrested Development, a bit on there that they always call Jelly Beans Candy Beans. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Apparently, nobody on this current panel is that passionate about Arrested Development. I've no, seen I, it. I it love Arrested Development. Yeah, I did too. Um, and uh, I think, I mean, it was one of these. Actually, um, Candy Beans was the working name. And I actually did a label for it that looks very different to the one that we used here for Fruit Slices. We ended up switching that one up because that just ended up being a lot, I would say, just like juicier and fruitier and not so sweet and not not necessarily like a like candy it didn't uh you know i think it's a great beer and it definitely brings a lot of fruit to the table but not necessarily like the the jelly bean 
aspect of it, I guess. Which I guess, yeah, the vanilla brings out. But yeah, so candy beans was originally the, the name for fruit slices. We put it on the shelf. Uh, I know it was one we wanted to do. And uh, Dan came up with the the concept of the handful handful of jelly beans, handful of hops uh, with, with that touch of... Uh, of sweetness from the vanilla, and we, we thought that recipe would work perfectly with the name Candy Beans. And so I wasn't super happy with the label I did before because it was done in a little bit of a rush. I was happy to revisit that with the sort of just giant pile of of beans um, with the with the name of the beer being spelled out in the in the, the negative space there. And yeah, I think it's a pretty fun label and. Uh, it sort of evokes the sort of funness of this beer. I would describe it as fun AF. Fun, fun and, and fine. fine. Absolutely. Or fine AF, fine and fun. Something know. of that equation. So, moving along, who's ready to crack a 10% dessert stout now? Oh, sure. Well, it's 345. <laughs> 345 on a St. Patrick's Day It is St. Patrick's Day and this is a stout Uh, not quite a it's a little bit of a departure from a Guinness but it's far from an Irish stout yeah that's right it's the closest thing I got in my fridge right now I'll tell you that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. let's go for it having a German chocolate stout on the Irish St. Patrick's Day celebrating a cake that is incorrectly associated with the country of Germany it works, right? <laughs> yeah. Where is uh, the German bakery of German chocolate cake fame from? I'm going to look it up. Canada. You say Canada? Yeah, that was just a wild guess. I bet it was. Uh, let me get this Wikipedia entry up here. Official research tool of Beers with the Brewers. Uh, English-American chocolate baker Samuel German. Oh. Um. Texas. Texas. Oh, Ain't nothing more yeah. Irish than Texas. So there you go. That's not bad. So Star Baker, Dan, how did you turn your cake into beer? Well, I should mention this is uh, Justin's baby. He's been after this for quite a while. We've played with variants on this in the past. We've done Almond Joy variants of uh, Deep Search, which were very well received. You know, we're sort of dipping our toes in this pastry stout game and i think with some of our beers you know, unkindly folks online might have accused us of uh, of under committing on the adjuncts so we definitely didn't want to do that put your nose into there it, it smacks you in the face with coconut <laughs> yeah cheers to patrick and justin and I, I kicked in a hand as well getting leave it with somewhere in the neighborhood of 350 pounds of both desiccated and toasted coconut into the bright tank that uh, this base 10% ABV beer sat on for a week. Turns out getting it in that little door uh, in what is essentially a massive laundry bag is uh, a bit of a chore. <laughs> um, in terms of like the base grist of this, it was um, 34 IBUs, I should mention, just to, you know, again, just to Bitterness to keep it from going off the rails, sort of enforce that dark chocolate character. But um, uh, it was just our, our, our silo malt, um, some oat flakes, a little bit of Munich, give you some toast. And um, I think we did some caramel 60, kind of a middle of the road caramel. Bunch of DME in the kettle, just to 
that's a dried malt extract uh, to boost the starting gravity up. Uh, our beloved pale chocolate, which is awesome and tastes like chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and a little bit of candy sugar and um, carafa, which is the dehust, or they call de-bittered black malt, just to get color on it, but without the super roast that you get from other dark malts. Although I will mention we added some, uh, this is called uh, Cinnamar, which is basically the extract from those malts, just to get the color down. So this was, it wasn't quite as, as deep brown slash black as it is now. It, it was a bit more like an imperial brown, and we really wanted uh, wanted it to look like a stout because it is a stout. Uh, so we added a little bit of that in there. But yeah, on top of that, 350 pounds of coconut transferred off the coconut and put it onto the vanilla paste and some cacao nibs. Oh, and I also forgot there is uh, uh, a little bit of pecan flour in the mash on this as well. So there's a lot of stuff. Lot it of might stuff. have been easier just to make a list of everything not in it. I mean, this has got a lot. <laughs> Of malt and a lot of adjuncts. And it shows. I mean, this is literally like drinking cake. There's nothing subtle about this beer. No, in a very good way. I mean, I Yeah. I think it's gonna be hard on a crushability, although you'd you'd want to have more, but I think it's the difference between having a slice of cake or a whole cake. You just wouldn't do it. It's It's not recommended. More than anything, I'm just really happy that when you stick your nose in it, the first thing you get is coconut and it's no one. No one will accuse us of, of under-coconutting our coconut beer. So. <laughs> now, what no. coconut beer uh, were people saying was under-coconutted? Um, I think there were some that were disappointed with Del Boca. Really? I thought, you know, given it's a cream ale and supposed to be a summer crusher, I thought, yeah, that, I actually thought the, the coconut level and that was spot on. But, um, you know, some I would people... Agree with that. If you're the beer trading type and you expect to be whacked over the head with every single beer that you taste and you come across something like that, I could I could see it. Well, Del is coming back, so Yeah, listeners baby. of this podcast can form their own opinion. But I yeah, I love that beer. I thought it was great. Um good poolside beer for sure. But yeah, you don't want it to be too over the top. You'd think you're gonna drink in suntan lotion. That's yeah, exactly. Well, that one was yeah. highly crushable. What about this one? Less. Yeah, I think we're all going to agree on this one. I think there's yeah, going to be we, any deviation from the mean. Yeah, I was saying almost um, earlier with Mark, you know, this is this comes in a 16-ounce can, four-pack. I think I think the real move is to split one with a friend and uh, for a little dessert. So, like, I don't know if you can do an eight-ounce crusher, but that's probably what it is. So, if not, I'll round up to one. Um but it is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a treat and it's dessert. It's great. Oh yeah. I mean, very much like today after cracking the beer open, I do not have a friend down here with me as you know, we're recording remote, so I'm not going to let it go to waste. It's too damn. No, no. So yeah, I would say only based on that, a one crusher, but I would prefer to share it with a friend and talk about it much like Mm -hmm. we are doing now. Yeah, of course. Wait, uh, you know, a friend that's in your household or uh, 
if you've been vaccinated, of course, uh, you know, that might be okay. But just it might get, yeah, share, it might. share your can of beer uh, safely. We'll, yeah. we'll put that out there. Yeah, might be okay real soon. So, Dan, go ahead. I know you're going to just say four. Not swayed by peer pressure. Get out of my head, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, it. Again, I think this is, uh, given the time of year, uh, if you're up for staying for those late night first round uh, basketball games, this is your guy. I could be persuaded to, to finish a whole one. I, I, I will bring the average up to a solid one. A solid yeah. one this week? I think one, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to add something to my comment earlier about the Texas. I was, I was slightly off. So the name German Chocolate comes from Sam the German who invented the, the kind of baking chocolate that is in a German chocolate cake. Mm. But the recipe with the coconut and the pecan uh, was developed by Mrs. George Clay, a homemaker in uh, Dallas, Texas, who came up with this specific recipe. Um, and uh, so German made the, the chocolate, the baker's chocolate that goes in a German chocolate cake. So I was close, but a little. And was little he in Texas as well? Your Baker's Chocolate Company, uh, Massachusetts. German chocolate cake in the Keys household has been the traditional uh, birthday cake for my birthday because it's my favorite what? Um, of, of cakes. And this beer came out damn near on my birthday this year, which, you know, is the kind of thing you just can't plan. Um, so I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure my mom appreciated it. Appreciates that he's a longtime listener of this podcast, who's made me quite a few German chocolate cakes in my life, and an avid watcher of the Great British Bake Off program on television. So uh, the name Star Baker, I think, uh, really fits this um, in a good way for that specific Keys family reason. And how cute is this little guy on the label? Yeah. He's our, he's our little coconut baker man. Mm-hmm. He's number one, as you can see. He's the star of the day. And he's brewing, he's got, I see. He's got a mash he's got paddle. His brewers, he's got his mash paddle. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that is, that's a mash paddle. Uh, I don't know if you guys really use a mash paddle. It looks like that these days. but Occasionally. Yeah, at know. home. Mm-hmm. That's the one you'd hang on the wall for sure. And uh, he's got a, a, just a great slice about a 16-ounce slice there of German chocolate cake. <laughs> and he's just happy as can be. And, uh, yeah, we'll add him to the, the family of dumb land-grant uh, cartoon characters. <laughs> and, yeah, pretty so fun stuff. I think that the key question here is who wins in a death match between Starbaker and Paul Hollywood? Oh, yeah. I hope Starbaker I, I could see, you know, like Hollywood, like lifting up his pastry and flaking it with his fork and accusing him of having a soggy bottom and Starbaker just, you know, going to town on him with his mash paddle. <laughs> or he just, he just pours the whole thing in a glass. It, it's a bit wet, isn't it? Just, we should have done this whole, this whole podcast with bad, uh, bad British accents. Bad British accents. Oh, yeah. That really seems like an opportunity lost at this point. <laughs> it's a good bake, isn't it? Isn't it? I, I could have done my bad Michael Caine the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not a bad at Michael Caine. That's after pretty all. good. <laughs> well, cool. What else we got? Basketball? 
Oh man, yeah. Uh, Get your bracket done. Ever heard of it? It's back. It's back. Maybe you forgot because they didn't do it last year. But mm-hmm. every March, there's this thing. Every March, except for last year, called mm-hmm. March Madness. And uh, they play basketball all day long, and it's the best. And it is back on Friday tomorrow. Normally, it would start on Thursday. It's, it's a little bit it's a little bit wacky this year. So they're playing Friday first first and second rounds Friday Saturday, and then uh, second round Sunday Monday. Um, but we will have it all for you live in the beer garden. So if you uh, if you're a little so little. Iffy about sitting inside somewhere, um, but you want to get out and have some fun and feel like you're, uh, you know, at the game or just taking in a little social atmosphere. We'll have the game on out on the Jumbotron, all the games out on the Jumbotron in the beer garden. Um, everything there is obviously uh, distanced and uh, as safe as we can make it for you. Um, so come on out and uh, have a beer too and some Ray Rays and watch some basketball with us. We'll be there watching. If you don't, if you don't want to come down, or if you want, if you've got like sweet TV set up at home, um, I get that, and we will gladly bring beer to you. Um, if you want to order it on landgrantbrewing.com, we'll bring it straight to your doorstep. Um, with that, I will give another shout out for our uh, Girl Scout cookie pairings. Those are available for another few days until the twenty first. So if you want to do. A little Girl Scout cookie beer pairing, uh, or you just want some Girl Scout cookies brought to your house, uh, pick up some beer, pick up some cookies, and we'll bring them to you, or you can come pick them up. Uh, you can do that through the 21st. Um, it's getting to be that time where there's like stuff going on, especially outside. We should have music coming back here soon. I think we booked, come April, we'll start having live music out in the beer garden on Thursdays and Sundays again. Um, trivia is happening virtually right now. Trivia, hosted by our friend Travis, so we call it Travia. It's Tuesdays. Um, we have a trivia case available on the site. and get you a koozie and some other fun stuff. I think you can deliver it and get you registered for virtual trivia, uh, which is the next couple weeks until April, at which time we will start doing it outside um, at the beer garden uh, in person. So if that's your jam, come on down. It's a lot of fun. Travis makes it. Very entertaining, and it's, uh, I will say, a challenging trivia as well, which I think is uh, is great. It's the worst when you go to a trivia, and it's just like everything's so easy, and it's like, what was the point of this? But it, it, it's it's hard, So, and I think that makes it fun. So come on down, and uh, if you listen to this podcast, and uh, you have something you've always wondered about land grant or beer or brewing or the beer industry or whatever... Send us your question. You'll get a free T-shirt. Yeah, we've had a lot of questions from a listener uh, this week in particular uh, with just a handful of Russian letters and uh, nothing really else. So until then, next week, we got another double episode with Sky Lantern Yuzu Citrus Wheat. This will probably be a little more crushable than this week. And Guavitational Energy, which is an IPA with guava and passion fruit. Mm-hmm. Guavitational Energy. It's Guavitational. One of, one of my dumber beer names I've ever come up with. Well, it gets right to the point. Peace be with you. Yep. Hold on. One last order of business here. But wait, there's more.
gentlemen, <laughs> who do you have in your final four? I am finishing mine tonight. I have no one in mind right now. Dan? I don't do that. Oh, <laughs> I don't well, do that. a bracket and well, I think I, I like got roped into like a family uh, bracket a few years back. But generally, I, it was a whole thing where like I was getting you're getting I too used good to watch at basketball it? like all the time. But you no, know, I would like listen to all the pundits. You know, I'm the guy that like in the middle of January is watching a Sun Belt basketball game just <laughs> just to watch it. Just getting beaten by people that were picking games based on who they liked the better mascot, and I couldn't take it anymore. And you know, like. If I want to root for, I forget who it is this year, to beat Michigan in the first round, I want to root for that and not have to worry about my dumb bracket. So, Fair enough. everyone, enjoy your brackets. I will just be watching basketball. And when I scream at the screen, it'll be because I'm rooting for good basketball and not for $50 in a pool. So, there oh, you go. Oh, yeah. That Fair makes enough. sense. I, I, can appreciate, I, can, I can appreciate that. And I will, I will, I will caveat this with I have a bracket – but I will be the first person to root for an upset that I do not have on my bracket um, because my bracket's going to end up being wrong, except for the fact that I've got Gonzaga, Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan in the final four. And Ooh. I've got Ohio State beating Michigan in the final. Yeah. Wouldn't that That'll be work. the best? I got weird hum- times, Walt. Anything can happen. That's that's exactly what I thought when I put it. Okay, so who's Ohio State playing before the Final Four? Are they against Purdue or Baylor? Ohio State would have. This is great podcast stuff for. They've got Baylor in the Great Eight. Yeah, they play Baylor. You got Baylor, you got Baylor beating Purdue, or potentially Villanova. Or you got you got Villanova yeah. taking Purdue. Well, I'm just saying potentially they have Vanilla Purdue Vanilla. <laughs> Villanova or Purdue uh, probably catch Florida along the way, and maybe Arkansas. This is what happens on a two-beer podcast. Yeah, right? except Joe Lenardi's got uh, them losing to Oral Roberts, so this could all be for for naught. That sounds like a lock-it-down win to me, then. Move them in. Yeah. Move them in. Move yeah. the second round. And Oral Roberts Dang. isn't getting anywhere past that first round. Get out of here. Any Anytime you've got someone with their hot takes, just go – you know, 180 in the opposite direction, screaming. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, one way or the other, whether you fill out a, a bracket or not, go Bucks and uh, join us down in the in the beer garden to cheer them on specifically. Yeah. Could be a great. Sorry to ruin your it. question with my my. No, my I appreciate it. I think well. that's a I think that's a perfectly. Uh, valid philosophy on uh, bracket pools. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Until Buckeyes get to that final four, then it'll matter. Correct. All right. All right. Another hit episode. Another first round upset for the Beers of the Brewers podcast. <laughs> See ya. Later, kids.